Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. And boy, oh boy, have I got a good one for you today. So yesterday we were talking about the collapse of First Republic, the fourth, not the third uh, bank collapse this year. I don't know why the mainstream media keeps saying it's three when we know it is four. It's not 530 billion in collapses. It's over 700 billion. But I'm guessing they're just hoping that everyone's going to forget that it was Silvergate Bank, Silicon Valley Bank, Signature Bank, and now First Republic, which is the 700 billion. Way more than what happened in 2008. And remember, that was 25 banks. This is just four banks that have gone so far. And I want to double down today because on what I said and what I've been continuing to say, that this banking crisis is not over, predominantly in the USA. It is not over. They keep saying it's over now, but it's it's simply not. And of course, the media is creating a stir and putting out all of this propaganda to say everything's great, everything's fine, not mentioning the fact that very soon the FDIC will need their own bailout in order to actually cover these insurance losses because their funds are running very, very dry now from the losses. Although JP Morgan, as we know from yesterday, is doing very well indeed. So let's pick up then on what has happened overnight because this was uh, pretty crazy actually. PacWest, which was a bank we've talked about before, went down 28% yesterday. In fact, it was so bad that they had to stop trading on the stock multiple times. Western Alliance down 15% yesterday. But also, what's the other one I warned you about? Zions. Uh, Comerica and Key as well. These were down between 9 and 12% yesterday. Now, I want to talk a little bit about PacWest because this is really the big one that might go next. And the reason why, I just want to give you a couple of points on PacWest. First and foremost is that PacWest is quite different to a lot of the other regional banks. And that is because it's about 90%, and again, that's an estimate, institutional investors, which is a little bit different from some of the other banks, which has a lot more normal people, I guess we can say, like you and I, who have deposits there. Now, the other thing that's interesting about PacWest is that it specializes in commercial real estate loans, and it has an asset value of around 41 billion. So nowhere near the size of the others. But remember that once one of them starts to go, it creates contagion effects. They're never completely isolated. Now, we talked about the real estate aspect in a previous video, but just to give you a quick summary of that again, what we're seeing is this massive drop in retail values at the moment. And I've got a chart to show you a little bit later on in the video, which shows you just how bad this has actually become. And office space is expected to drop at least 22%, but it could drop 30% if not more. But we're looking at the moment conservative estimate at 22%. Now, let's link this back to a lot of these banks. Where did they invest their money? They put them into commercial real estate and consumer lending. 
Why is that a big problem? Well, when people make deposits or when you make your deposit into the bank, they take that money and they actually loan that money out. Now, you think if they've loaned that on office space or shopping malls or, or you know retail space and things like that, and then what happens is these things need to be refinanced every so often. In fact, I'll, I'll go into the details on some of that in a moment. And you think about the fact that a lot of this is coming up for refinancing late this year. So we're looking Q3. Again, we keep coming back to this Q3 of 2023. Uh, those of you who have taken my finance course will know why I keep talking about this this month and year. We've talked about it for 18 months now. This is when a lot of this refinancing is coming about. Q3 and into Q4 of this year is the perfect storm. This is when everything comes together, convergence, as it were, in the finance and economics world. So this is when I think we're going to start to see the biggest problems. Now, you think about when all of this debt needs to be refinanced in 2024, already the regional banks have stopped lending. There's lots of articles out today about people who have tried to get finance and they just can't get any finance from any of the smaller banks. Why? Well, quite simply because they have to tighten their belts. Their outflows have been so severe and they know they're in big trouble. In fact, according to a recent report that just came out by the Hoover Institute, over 2,400 banks in the USA are underwater right now. What does that mean? It means that their assets are below their liabilities. So let's look at a couple of examples here. Let's say that you own a business and you have a million dollars or pounds or euros in assets, but you have $2 million worth of liabilities, i.e. debt. That means that the, the business is insolvent. It owes, if it had to liquidate today, it would owe a million dollars. So it is a bankrupt business on paper. Let's say you've got a household income of, I don't know, let's say that was $5,000 a month between you and your spouse, for example, but your outgoings were $10,000 um, you know, that month. Well, again, if you consistently are operating like that, you are bankrupt. And this is the biggest problem with over 2,400, let me say it again, 2,400 US banks are insolvent right now in the USA. And we're hearing all of this propaganda that the banking system's strong, the banking system is fine. No, it's not. Because what the Federal Reserve are doing at the moment, and we'll find out about whether they do a rate rise today, it's probably going to be 0.25% just as a guess, but we won't know because that meeting takes place well after this video comes out. In fact, six hours from now before that meeting actually takes place. But if I was just to guess at it, I'd probably say it's a 0.25% base rate rise, and they're probably going to pause there for a while. Just looking at the language that the Fed chair and some of the other members are using. Now, why is that bad? It's bad because every single month we've been making a joke on the channel how I've somehow beaten the best forecasters in the world with my forecast versus their forecasts. And they still think that the Fed is going to reverse or, or they think, oh, no, no rise at this. And it, and it could. They may not do a rise at this meeting. But what a lot of them think that the Fed's going to drop these rates now and they're going to bring them right back down. They are dreaming. 
And I've said this for a long time and my methodology behind it is simple. You know, I'm not using all of this complexity that they are using with a million data points. I'm just applying logic and common sense to this situation. What is actually happening? If they don't keep the rates high or if they don't rise them by a little bit more, the inflation is going to run rampant through. Just look at the UK at the moment. The UK is in big trouble. And we talked about this last year. And I said, expect those double digits inflation because they bailed out the pension funds. The Federal Reserve has a, a choice right now. They can either bail out the banks, as it were, and they can lower the rates and therefore the banks will become solvent again because they, their bond portfolio will go up, their asset values will go up, or what they can do is they can continue to tighten or hold rates high and they can stop the economy from crashing. Or more specifically, to, to tie this in without getting too complex, they can stop inflation from rising too much, therefore causing the economy to have a downward spiral. Now, a lot of people still think that we're going to see this reversal. And I've been hearing people say this for month and month and month. This month, this meeting, they're going to do this reversal. Rates are coming back down. QE is going to go back up. The tightening is going to stop. And I've said all the way through, I don't see that happening just yet. And I want to give you a few more specific details um, around this. There was just a really good article that came out today. Usually I don't like media articles because it's just it's just garbage. But this one uh, has come out from The Telegraph and it's actually very good and they've summarized very well what is happening right now and some of the problems. So let me take a couple of points out of this article. The crashes right now between US commercial real estate and the US bond market have collided with $9 trillion of uninsured deposits in the American banking system. Such deposits can vanish in an afternoon in the cyber age. And that is, of course, what we saw. We saw all of these outflows from the smaller regional banks that have gone into the larger banks. So half of all America's 4,000 800 banks have already churned through most of their spare cash. That's where we got the 2,400 banks number from. I mean, this is staggering. 50%, not 0.5% or even 5%, but 50% of America's banks have a big problem right now. And this is where uh, they've alluded to as well over the next six quarters, so that's the next 18 months, all of this debt is going to come about and it needs to be refinanced. How on earth is it going to be refinanced when it was these tiny rates before and now the rates are going to be up here? It is going to cause a massive revaluation, which of course will have a knock-on effect and collapses in a number of these loans. So this report came out by the Hoover Institute, Professor Siru, a group of banking experts calculated more than 2,315 US banks are currently sitting on assets worth less than liabilities. The market value of the portfolio is two trillion, with a T, dollars lower than the book value. Now, if you've done my finance course, you'll understand why this is so bad. And if you haven't done my finance course, the link is below in the description. I invite you to take the course. The course is on sale right now. One of these lenders is, uh, as it alludes to here, a big beast. It has assets of over $1 trillion and no one seems to be paying attention to the fact that it is under water right now. Another thing they pointed out in this article 
is what I alluded to yesterday. I'm not sure if I gave that justice enough, but what I was saying was that JP Morgan got a good deal out of it because they took on the assets of First Republic, but not the debt. So all of the shareholders of the stock and the bond holders, we keep talking about bonds at the moment as to why they're not as safe as bet as you may think, all of those bondholders were also wiped out. And remember this happened with one of the other banks as well. Those bondholders were actually wiped out. So what is the Treasury and FDIC saying? Are they blaming all of this on themselves and the Fed for having these historically low rates for so long and causing these asset bubbles? No, of course not. They are blaming it on reckless lending by the banks bad management and uninsured depositors. <laughs> of course they are. So this is an interesting graph. I'm going to throw it up on screen here. And this is the property plunge peak to trough drops in US commercial real estate valuations. So this is what we can see with the light blue line or bar here. This is the fall from the 2022 peak across retail, apartments, industrial and office space. And then the darker box is the forecast fall. This is huge. Retail, you're close to 10%. Apartments, you're looking around 22%. Industrial, around the same 22-23%. But office blocks could be as bad as 31-32%. And of all the debt in the commercial real estate sector, they're actually estimating about $1 trillion of that is maturing in the next 12 to 18 months. So this, ladies and gents, is really, really not looking good for the US economy as we go through later part of this year and into 2024. Now, remember that First Republic actually had a huge decrease in terms of their holdings. So they had massive outflows of capital. They actually saw 40% of their deposits outflow in a very short space of time. Now you imagine if you saw that sort of a level on these 2,315 other banks that we're talking about from this report, that would be absolutely catastrophic. If you saw half of the US banking sector just see these massive outflows, when they are bankrupt on paper, let's just say it that way, they're insolvent, they're, they're bankrupt on paper, this could just have a massive run. Now, again, I, I'm not saying this is going to happen. I'm just giving you this information and warning that this is a potentiality. Obviously, you're never going to see 50% of the banks just have a massive run straight away because they'd use a lot of measures and they'd use a lot of tricks to stop you from doing some of the outflows. Oh, our system's broken down or, or whatever else. But the point is that these banks are insolvent right now. And the only way they're going to become solvent again is when rates drop enough that the asset values increase. Now, I want to go over to the shared screen and just show you what has been happening in the last 24 hours. Now, let's begin with PACW, which is your PacWest Bank Corps. They had a horrendous day yesterday. No doubt they'll have a, a good day today. Even at opening, they're up around 10%. So they'll no doubt have a good day today. Don't let this fool you because I do think that a lot of people are going to get caught out with this. They have got massive issues, massive outflows. And again, if we even look at some of the more 
um, intricate data here, I guess we can say, yeah, they're paying out a massive dividend, 15.27%, but you've got to look at all the other metrics along with this. Firstly, they have absolutely no peg ratio on here, which is interesting, although their price per earnings 3.16 is pretty strong. But you look at the performance as we go through here, look at their performance over the last year, they are down 80%. That is absolutely enormous. And it tells you there's some bigger underlying problems here because their beta is only 1.36. So it's not as if it's extreme. Their price per sales is good. Their price per book, their price per cash, even their price per free cash flow is really strong. So it tells you there's something else going on when you actually look at the data. And by the way, all of this data we're covering here, I teach in my course if you haven't taken my stock market course. Now let's look at CMA. So this is Comerica Incorporated. Again, we're seeing similar problems. Look at the, the stock value went from around 77 all the way down to 38. But we have similar performance. So performance this year is down 54%. Let's have a look at Key Corp here. Uh, they are down at 10 a share from a peak of around $20. So they are down heavily, even though at the time of recording, it shows they're up 3.7% today, but it's the same again, a 50% drop. Here's Zion's bank that I've been warning you about as well. So February time, they had some very nice numbers here, about $55 a share. They are down to $25 as well today. They've lost 57% this year. And again, the interesting thing is their fundamentals are pretty good. Again, no peg ratio there, but their fundamentals are pretty good in terms of their stock. WAL, this is Western Alliance, another one I wanna bring your attention to. Also having a lot of problems, sat at $32 today, but they were at close to $80 previously. So they've seen massive losses, so almost 60% drop in that share price. But one stock that a lot of people aren't talking about, which is surprising, is USB, US Bancorp. And you look where that was at $50 a share, it's now at $30 today and look at the performance. It is doing very, very badly. Good beta on there. They've got a nice dividend. They've got a good PE. So again, it tells you there's something going on underneath the hood with this bank. And as we wrap up then, I just wanted to show you this chart, which sort of cements one of the things I was talking about at the beginning of the video. And that is that during the 08 crash, we can see this is, correlated between total assets, the green line, and bank failures with the red line. And you can see that the assets to bank failures has been very well correlated with whoever produced this graph. Now you look at it as of 2022 to 2023 here in this bottom corner, and you can see that this is now just completely out of whack. It's not 548 billion, it's now over 700 billion. And I expect this to increase even further versus what they say are three bank failures when it's actually four bank failures. Now you compare that four here to 157 over here that they have got on this chart and you can see why we are in some big trouble. Not to mention, we'll probably touch upon this tomorrow if we have time. The debt clock now, US national debt, they are wanting to increase the ceiling yet again, 31.7 trillion 
dollars now and we'll pick up again tomorrow after we've seen what happens at the Fed meeting and what we've uh, see if there's any more progress with this debt ceiling. So thank you so much for watching today. Appreciate you as a loyal subscriber here. Take care. God bless. And I'll see you tomorrow.